Yeah, I'm going to talk today about encountering the presence of God using the tool that God's given to us, but there's so many different ways to encounter the presence of God. I'm just sitting there in the front seat just with my eyes closed and just thinking, wow, yeah, God, God is all around. It's great to be here with you today. Michael, thank you, team. Thank you so much for what you do to bring us into the presence. Yeah, I'm going to talk today about the tool that you've been looking at since the beginning of the year in an overview of, of the Bible. Now, I hope you benefited from taking a broad overview of this great gift that we've been given. And Darren asked if I would talk today about encountering the presence of God through the pages of this book. And I thought, I would love to do that because this, honestly, is a tool that I use with great regularity. I love the Bible. Now, the word encounter brings to mind, my mind something about coming into contact with, with something or someone. Now, let me ask you a question. When you're driving down the road and you encounter a police officer, what happens? My driving becomes much more focused. Does yours? Yeah, yeah, mine does. I especially become very attentive to what? Tell me. My speedometer, yeah, I really look at my speedometer real quick when I see a, an officer. My son's an officer uh, down in Urbana. So, Now, my wife and I, we were on an early morning walk a few weeks ago. It was still dark outside. We walked pretty early in the morning. As we rounded a, a corner, I was looking down, and she suddenly stopped and said, What's that? And she jumped behind me and grabbed hold of my arm. I looked up and I saw a raccoon walking down the uh, sidewalk toward us. Now, he spotted us about the same time I spotted him, and he ran off into the backyard of a, of a neighbor's house. And uh, I said, no, honey, you don't have to worry. He's more scared of us than we are of him. Than we are of him. Now, I've got to be honest, though. It made me feel like a man. <laughs> okay, my honey drums behind me and grabs hold of my arm like I'm a protector. Or maybe she was just pushing me in front of the raccoon. I don't know. I don't know. But now, I, it was not something we expected to encounter at that point in time. Now, let me ask you. When we walk around that corner, guess what she's expecting to encounter? What? A raccoon. Yeah, because she saw one, right? Here's why I recognize encounters cause us to look for more encounters. See, I believe God's real. I really do. I think we can come into contact with him. And not only that, I think he wants us to come into contact with him. Now, think of a time when you felt close to God. Okay, just think, take just a moment and think of a time. For me, nature helps me to connect with God. You know, being out, walking, seeing the, the creation of the Father. I, I, love, I love being in nature, whether it's hunting, whether it's uh, just hiking on a trail somewhere. I, I love nature. Maybe it's a special song that hits your heart in a certain way. That's why I love what takes place up here every Sunday. Just uh, amazing, amazing to me. But you look at that, you listen to that song and you think, boy, that was God. Maybe it's working together on a project with others that are that it's designed to help other people. Or maybe it's a coincidence that happens that really isn't a coincidence at all. You, you know what I mean. Whatever it may be, I know that God wants us to encounter him. And we need encounters with the Father. Because if you're anything like me, encounters with the Father fill me with strength and confidence. It makes me hungry for more, though. And my thought is, what if... We could encounter God regularly. I truly believe the presence of God changes everything. What would happen if we could encounter him regularly, if we could put ourselves in a position where not only we could expect him to show up, but we can anticipate him showing up because he does. I believe we can make that expectation 
a reality when we open this tool that God's given to us. I know many of you have taken the 21-day challenge of reading this, this, this book here. I'm sure you've had some life-shifting moments through the words of this. After all, this is the word of God spoken to us. I want to use a couple of verses of the Bible to talk about what we can expect in our encounters with God as we open this up. The reality I've learned from my time with this gift is that when we open it, we can expect to come into, into face, face-to-face with his presence. And the presence of God changes everything. Now, the first thing I recognize in this book is that the word of God penetrates. This is found in Hebrews 4, 12. Here's what it says. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, I want to break this down just a little bit. Look at these words, living and active. All right? They're interesting because when you think of something that's alive, normally a book doesn't come to mind, does it? I mean, it really doesn't. Uh, and maybe that's why we got to recognize this is God speaking to us. And the words of this book, I can read these, the same passages I've read time and time again, and suddenly it opens up in a new way to me. I, I want you to know, I, I do make a regular practice of reading through this book every year. Because I know what kind of person I'd be without it. And I need this. So I make a practice to read it, and it's, it never ceases to amaze me. I come to a passage I've read over and over again, like Daniel in the lion's den in Daniel 6. And all of a sudden, I see something just the other day that I've never seen before. You, know, you can ask me about that afterwards if you want to know what I, what I saw. But I just know that God... His, he, his words are in here, and he wants to give me direction and encouragement. And the word doesn't change, but the way I approach it and where my life is at different points in time, it changes constantly. And that's why it's living and active. I, f- I find it meeting my needs in different ways. The word of God also penetrates. Now, what does that look like? Well, I brought an apple with me today. Okay, and I brought my skin and knife. Okay, what does it mean to penetrate? Well, let's look and see. If I take this apple and I put this on top of it and then push down just a little bit, look what happens. I'd say that was penetrated, right? Okay, now, the word of God, we're told, penetrates. It divides, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, we've got to spend time with this book because God wants to teach us things about ourselves. And when we open the book, things happen. Let me tell you about something that happened to me on a personal note. Late last year, first part of this year, I was reading. I came across several passages in First Peter that talks about, uses the word self-control. I don't like that phrase. Okay, self-control. And then I reflected back on the fruit of the Spirit. So I kind of was doing this little trace through the, through the Bible. It's Galatians 5, which you would have read during the, uh, during the, the Bible challenge, the 21-day challenge. The fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit named in order. Here's the way it goes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the Spirit kind of impressed upon me. Here's what I heard. 
You know, that's the last thing mentioned, but it's the first thing you lose. I thought, doggone it. Okay? Then James 1.19 through 20 came to mind. Here's what it says. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now, I knew exactly where the Father was going with this for me. You see, I have a temper. And the way my temper would express itself was by swearing. Okay, I could cuss like a sailor. Okay, no, uh, no offense to any sailors out there. Okay, okay. Now, usually it was inanimate objects that caught my ire. Anybody work with computers? Now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or be drivers in other cars that don't drive. Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not living alone here, right? Now, no one else got to see this spill out of me, except for my lucky wife. Okay, I never swore at her, but she got to see and hear the results of my anger. And here's what the Spirit laid on me. It, as I read, the word penetrated. And I heard this, if you can control it when you're around other people, you can control it all the time. I encountered God as I read, and it penetrated me. Now, I want you to know something's happened since that point in time. Since the first of the year, I'm still under less than 10 curse words. Okay? That's progress. Okay? That's progress. I have flow from my lips. I'm not going to tell you I've never thought words. I still drive. I still work with computers. Okay? However, I don't, I'm not letting them out like I used to. Because when something happens and I begin to feel the red rise, I also hear the words self-control. Now, why do I tell that story? I want you to know I'm just like anybody else. I have challenges and habits that God continues to chip away at. It's taken me quite a few years before, because I've been doing this for years. Or finally for it to sink in some. But I was at that point where the Spirit could speak, the Word could speak. I've got a long way to go. But I can see progress being made in that area. How about that? If I can do that, I can do other things too. See, God knows where we are at the center of our hearts, and He knows what we need. And that's why we need to encounter His words regularly so we can see what he wants us to do where he wants us to go and how he wants us to be he loves us he wants us to be the best people we can be for him now think about those who those who participated in the 21 day challenge i'm sure you read things that penetrated just a little bit because that's what god's word does And that's good. Because the more we open ourselves to the Father, the more we encounter Him, and the more things happen in here. So the Word penetrates. Now, the second thing I recognize is that the Word prepares us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this. In fact, Darren read this, I think it was the first week of this this series, back in January. It says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, 
You're rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I love these two verses because they talk about the purpose of the Bible. So what happens is we open it. Well, here's what it says. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now, here's what it looks like, okay? I liken it to a balloon, okay? Now, when I do this, okay, what's inside here? Tell me. Yeah, Lance's breath is inside here, right? Okay, my breath filled it up. Now, here's what we're told about the Bible. God's breath filled this up. Now, men and women wrote it, but God's breath was the one that, that inspired it. It moved them along. And I'll tell you what, when we open this up, God's breath flows into our lives, and we encounter his thoughts and his ideas, his directives. Now, it's another reason why this word is living and active. It's God talking to us. That's why, like I say, wherever we're at in life, it encounters us in different ways, even the same stories. So the Bible contains the word of God, spoken to his children, and the bottom line is, he says, it is useful. We can use this book that we're given. We're, we have a purpose. Here's the purpose we're told. It's useful for teaching. Now, I don't need to talk to you about that. You know what it means to be taught something. Okay? It's also useful for rebuking. Here's an interesting word because it carries the idea of don't walk into danger. Any parent with a child, any grandparent with a grandchild understands exactly what I'm talking about because you protect your children and grandchildren. Okay? It's also re- po- profitable for correcting. Now, you think of this terms in, in terms of driving. We constantly correct, don't we, as we drive, okay? If we don't correct, we find ourselves swerving outside those two lines, okay? So we correct to keep within the lines. It's a positive uh, endorsement there. And last, for training in righteousness. Instead of spiritual training or physical training, think spiritual training. As we open this up and put it into practice, it's useful for getting us stronger and healthier. And we're told the purpose is so that the man and the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What it means is we've got all the pieces in place so that we can be ready and prepared. I want to tell you a couple stories. Because I think it prepares us in several different ways. One, it prepares us for action. Several years ago, my wife and I were driving to meet our twin sons who are in college in Aurora. We were just pulling out of town when I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And I asked Darla, I said, was that a guy laying on the ground? She said, I don't know. I didn't see anything. So I was curious. So I drove around the gas station, came around, and sure enough, there was a guy laying on the ground beside his pickup truck. I thought, okay, that doesn't look right. I'm pretty sharp. Okay? So I, I stopped the car, my vehicle, went over to him, and I said, uh, sir, are you okay? He said, no. No, I'm not. He said, I had back surgery. I got out of the truck, and uh, my back gave out of me, and I'm laying here on the ground. I said, okay. I said, well, can I help you get back in? He said, yeah, please, please. So, so I helped him, scooted him up a little bit. I'm sitting up, and then I, I said, buddy, i got to grab you around the waist. Is that okay? He said, go for it, man. So I grabbed him around the waist, and inch by inch, kind of lifted him up until finally he was able to get his feet up in this pickup truck, and then kind of get, I pushed him up into, into his seat. And he looks at me and says, Thanks, man. You're an angel. And I just laughed. I said, no, not really. But I said, uh, I'll tell you what, God definitely caused me to look your way. Glad I could help. So I went back over to my vehicle. I told Darla what, I, what had happened. And, uh, and I looked back around, and the pickup truck was gone. 
And I thought to myself, was that you, Jesus? Because Matthew 25 says that whatever you do for the least of these brothers of mine, you do it for me. And I just wondered. I just wondered if I'd had an encounter. I'll be honest, I didn't think it. That verse wasn't coming to mind when I stopped to help the guy. But it sure did right after I did. I tell you what, putting this inside of our heart, I think, prepares us to be ready whenever an opportunity comes our way for us to say, hey, there it is. I can see it. And we can respond. If you want to encounter God, I think you've got to let him breathe into us, right? The second thing, I think it prepares us to make decisions. Uh, this encounter with God took place at a time we were trying to figure out how we were going to put three boys through college at the same time. Our, our oldest son was a senior at Western Illinois. The uh, twins were just going to start their, second, their freshman year at Aurora. And we were trying to figure it out. I mean, we just didn't have the money. We were trying to figure out, I received an offer for a pretty good paying job. It would have taken me out of being full-time from church planning into, into me. Uh, I could do that part-time on the side. And I kind of reconciled that in my mind, how that could happen. But I, I told Darla, I said, you know, I really want to do what takes the most faith. Now, for her, it was taking a new job. For me, it was kind of like working for a nonprofit supported by donations where it made uh, sense to be more faith-filled. But I don't know. So I struggled. I wrestled with this thing. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but when, I, when I'm really anxious and stressing on something, I wake up in the middle of the night. Okay, so I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I went out in our living room, and I just, I wanted to talk to God. So I I prayed for a while. I opened the Bible for a while, read a little bit. And I finally told him, I said, I do not know what to do. Am I supposed to stay with Ignite, or am I supposed to go to a different job? I, I need help. I need your help. Now, okay, I don't normally do this. I don't even recommend it. Okay, but what I did this time, I just put this in my lap, and I just did this. Okay, the fickle finger, right? Now, I said, don't recommend it. Here's the verse, though, my finger landed on. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to stay with Ignite. I said, okay. Darla woke up the next morning. I just stayed awake. Darla woke up. I said, okay, I got an answer. She said, what's that? I said, I'm staying with it tonight. She said, good deal. I love my wife's faith. Jesus has great faith. And it all worked out fine. Okay, that's the thing. It all worked out fine. The boys all got their degrees with a minimal amount of money borrowed. God brought extra money into our household to take care of things. God is faithful, period. And I had a chance to see it. But it took that encounter to help me realize how faithful he is. I told Scott this uh, during, in between services. I said, you know, <laughs> I go back to that. Every time I read that verse day, I get a smile on my face because I'm so God. Now, I'm going to stop here, okay? I want to ask the question, what if, what if encountering God could really be as simple as opening up this book and reading it. Could it be that simple? Well, for those of you who had 21 days of it, I think you know what the answer is. I also hope that the, that the experiment has whet your appetite for more. 
I'll be honest, the more I read, the more I realize I need this. This is food and water for my soul. It's fuel that I have to have. So I have a challenge for you today. First, read this book. Okay, read this book this week. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Read Mark 16, or Mark, Mark the book of Mark, Mark 1 through 16. 16 chapters take 16 days. Read a chapter a day. And just see what God says to you. See what encounters you have with him as you look at the life of Jesus. So listen to what God wants you to hear. I mean, are there things he's going to tell you about yourself? Are there things we, that you need to learn or correct to stop doing or, can, or start doing? I don't know. But if you read it, if you open it up and listen, you'll, you'll hear his voice. And then look at, the ways, look at the ways you can put what you read into action. I mean, take one thing you hear and implement it. Just one. Just one. You don't have to change everything at once. One thing. Maybe it's to reach out and love someone who's been kind of challenging to love. Do something for them. It could be doing something for a neighbor or responding to a need that you, that you see that's lying right in front of you. But keep your eyes open because as you listen, as you look, God will direct you. And then that's the last thing I want to ask you to do. When you see that opportunity, step into it. Step into it. You'll never know what, what impact you might be able to have by just taking the step. Because I'll tell you what, we can help people encounter God. We help people encounter God by showing that Jesus lives in us by what we do to others and how we treat and how we interact, how we help. And there could be some very hungry people around you. You could begin to help them encounter the living one who can change lives and destinies forever. Now maybe you're wondering if any of this stuff I've been talking about is real or not. That's an honest question. Here's my response. I wonder what would happen if you encountered God in a real way. Could it really be as simple as opening this book and reading? Well, here's what I ask you to do. Uh, for a week, just read a chapter a week. Do, do Mark. Do Mark. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles out on the table, out, out in the lobby. There's a lot of different Bibles out there to look at anyway. But just open it up, read it, and see if God speaks to you or not. I know he will. <laughs> I know he will. Because I know, I know my father. Yeah, I hope this journey through the Bible has been a stretchy one for you. I, I love the word. Uh, during July, I have the privilege of coming back, and we're going to be looking at some of the memorable passages from this book that will help sustain us on the journey of, of following Jesus. It's called Summer Trail Mix. And my, uh, my gratitude to Michael for helping with his creative, creativity on that title. We're going to examine five key items here that will help us walk here. Let's pray together as we close today. Father, I just thank you that you are here with us. You are always with us. We're not alone. Father, help us to be still, to listen to your word, and to follow you. Thank you for loving us the way you do as our great Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I am so grateful for Lance every single time that he's with us and speaks to us on a Sunday morning. Because I, largely because I know that when he talks to us, it's not from a place of theory, it's from a place of practice. How he's working this out in his own life on a consistent basis. He just is who he is when he gets up here to teach, and I love that. I think for me and my discipline in reading God's Word, it often comes down to the words of that song. And it's being still. With all the craziness that goes on in our days, with all the craziness in our families and in our lives, to just be still and to hear God speak to us through those words may be the biggest challenge in engaging in God in that, with God in that way. It's the same challenge we face when we come to this communion time each Sunday, to just be still. And hear what God would say to us as we commune with him. To sense his grace, to sense his love, to sense his guidance. Whatever it is we need this morning. That's my prayer for you in this communion time. As you take the bread and the juice, you eat them, you drink them. Remember Christ's sacrifice for you. 
and God's presence with you each and every moment. Let's pray. God, whatever's on our schedule today, whatever's happened in the past few days, whatever the worries and fears we have right now in this life, help us to be still, to sense your guiding, reassuring, grace-filled presence in our lives through communion. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.